Lockdown Diaries with Jack Kirby Love, episode 25. Hi team, uh, what you're about to hear is a conversation that I had with my good friend Eddie um, yesterday evening, so that was the 13th of May, a Wednesday. Uh, I have known Ed since year seven, secondary school, so uh, I would have been about 11, so that's 20 years. Uh, 20 years I've known Ed. Um, so just a little chat about him and what's going on in his life under the current climate. You might have just heard a little computer noise there. That's fun, isn't it? Anyway, uh, without further ado, here's Ed. Avoid legal snags by telling people they're being <laughs> Oh, I didn't sign up to this. Wait, I did. This isn't a sting. Um, <laughs> so, Ed, uh, hey. thank you for uh, agreeing to chat with me today. Uh, why don't we start by you just telling us who you are, where you come from, what you do, what, you, what your usual living situation is, and then I guess we'll talk about how Corona has effed all that up. Corona Kishmona. Well, as aforementioned, I'm Ed. Uh, I live in Leeds, which... By the by, so I was listening to your chat with Mark. Uh, he also lives in Leeds, and it turns out we live like two minutes away. Oh, nice! So cast your net a bit wider for your interviewees, Jack. I hear <laughs> your, I hear your listeners cry. I the Leeds, Leeds bias is, um, uh, is showing. I, Mark was sure he lives in Headingley. I live in sort of Headingley, maybe Burley, maybe Kirkstall. Ask a different taxi driver, get a different answer. Um, I live with my wife and two children, so we've got Jesse, who is four and a half, and Micah, who is one and a half. So that's our sort of living conditions. We have a nice house. Well, I like it. Uh, we have a garden, which is funny. Prior to this, we were a bit like, oh, do we want to move? Do you want to upscale? Do you want to do this? And it just, I think, felt a bit, I don't know, it was a bit annoyed with the house there's lots of things that was really getting us down and then sure. since lockdown like oh my goodness this is brilliant like what a great garden we have like isn't it great having to... and just considerably more um grateful and appreciative um yeah so we live in a crescent and actually again one of the real positives of lockdown has been getting to know neighbors a bit more all right and, yeah yeah like, genuinely it's 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 funny isn't it you would have thought because of social distancing and all the rest of it that you, you're just not, but we're part of a, a WhatsApp group with, sure, I think, everybody on the present, which I'll be honest, I have on mute all the time. And my <laughs> my main contribution is passing on the funny videos and so on to uh, to people. And the rest of it is a lot of cat stuff. But there, there is, you know, it, it, we're getting to know people, got to know a few neighbours. One of our, our neighbours on the present, he ran 100 kilometres just, around our crescent last week. Oh wow. Raised money for the Trussell Trust. Oh cool. Do food bank stuff, yeah. And at the end when he did his final lap we all sort of came out again socially distancing but sort of cheered him for his final lap. And it was how many laps did he have like, to do? Uh, 130. Wow. He did it in twenty four hours so we sort of had breaks in eight and oh, okay, okay, okay. But I mean not yeah, it's I mean incredibly boring. <laughs> I think that, oh yeah, definitely. Like just so destroyingly boring. But he did a yeah, great job. And he even got a shout out from Gary Lineker on nice. Twitter. Yeah. Nice. Um is that is that enough of the scene set? Yeah, I think so. How how well did you know any of your neighbours beforehand? Or... So we we know there's there's a couple around the corner who've got two boys. We go to the same church as them and yeah. our eldest too, so Jesse and their lad were uh, two weeks apart. So they're like, oh, right. they're, yeah, it's their best mates. So we would hang out with them a lot. Hannah and um, Anna, I hope she's okay with being name dropped. Boom. Um, yeah. She doesn't know she's being recorded. <laughs> Take that legal quirk. Um, <laughs> she, uh, they, they shared, like, they were both on maternity leave. And so we know, and I know um, her husband well. And yeah, so we're, we're, we're very good friends with them. And we know there's, there's quite a lot of Christians on the Crescent, so not necessarily all at the same church, but we know probably one, two, three other families quite well. And then increasingly got to know more. So, yes, yeah, it's, 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 it is. I, I can't imagine what it's like living in a in a, you know, a big high rise flat or something like that. And we just mm. incredibly blessed both for what we've got, but for for where we have. Yeah. 
so and you've got access to parks and things quite nearby yeah exactly yeah yeah and so like you know you can walk to them or drive a little bit and yeah it's been I've, i've really been enjoying taking the boys out and i sort of look after them in the mornings yeah so yeah because you uh you're furloughed from work yeah yeah that's yeah that's right so i was furloughed first of april so it was funny really as everything so was it social distancing came on on what was it the 16th or something wasn't it so i'd i'd had a staff meeting with my my team because i lead a team i work for a charity called um the universities and colleges christian fellowship the christian unions or we just call it uccf and I'm the regional team leader for Yorkshire and Northeast. So the, the day of social distancing being introduced, we just had a staff meeting where we were all, we'd all travel to York, we all work across the region and getting trained and so on. Got home and then they're like, don't, you know, don't travel. So immediately the next day we're all, you know, signing up for Zoom and all the rest of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was sort of the beginning of, I think, two weeks of pretty frenetic, essentially trying to so we work to support student christian unions at universities in what they do so um did you get your did you see your a christian union when you were at goldsmith did you ever encounter them um that's a great question i i think that they likely would be quite small because most of them in london are pretty small yeah um i don't i mean i'm sure yeah. on you know uh Pressure fair day or whatever yeah. as you go around the stalls they would have been there but i don't recall <laughs> any particular presence i don't know i feel like societies were sort of a big deal in the first year and then afterwards they yeah. Kind of, yeah yeah but, um yeah. yeah i mean so so our charity we work with so christian unions are their student societies like any other uni society but we work alongside them to support to resource to encourage and train them in what they do so they sort of exist to, to share about Jesus, to give students a chance to think about themselves as an adult, and we resource that. Um, yeah. and so do you know with... what? Now you just mentioned... Do I? Do <laughs> I, I do remember, I do remember there was... Um, <clears throat> I think the Christian Union put on a film club. I think they were showing The Dark Knight or something, and then they were going to talk about The Dark Knight. Uh, and I, like I a presume... discussion? Yeah, I presume... Oh, cool. I presume somehow like uh, discuss faith in that. Um, Jesus is Batman. Batman. Yeah, I think that was the message. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't go because I, I think I. I think I did have something else to do. I do remember yeah. a guy giving me a pamphlet, but I was kind of in, interested in how that might have uh, mm. and what that in how that discussion might have gone. But yeah, sorry yes. to interrupt you. No, 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 no. <laughs> Delighted to hear of that. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we frantically from the introduction of social distancing we're working with CUs to help them to move what they do to an online platform obviously by that point I think probably that was around the time that universities really ramped up the whole shutting down and closing yeah 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 so and so so we we had two weeks of frantically scrambling but um yeah it, it became apparent in those two weeks that it's just you, you can't do it you, can, you know no. the students have gone home from uni you can't see, you know it's it's a people job yeah you know, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, and, and again you know incredibly privileged to do a job which i i sit down with students and will read the bible with them or with my team and you know it's it it, it really is i really love doing it um and as helpful as online platforms are it's it's just it's not the same and Sure. I don't know how I, I have a real admiration for people who are working from home and soldiering on through it. I found those two weeks incredibly draining. Um, I find it very <laughs> tedious. I don't, I don't enjoy working from home anyway, unlike the occasions that I would have, any, um, you know, yeah, as part of normal life. Um, just like I have a real problem with viewing my living place and my working place is the same thing mm-hmm. it doesn't really help that like i've set up my computer and things in like our little fun room where we keep all our books and musical instruments yeah. and things so yeah. you know it, uh, i don't like that yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I think as well just with the, addi- the additional I mean, pressure probably like, worse to the nurses to be honest like well i mean amen <laughs> no not at all but i i, 
I, I do I think you know as a parent as well with kids yeah and so I do work from home as, as probably it depends on the week but probably two days a week I'll be working from home three days a week I'll be somewhere you know on a train to somewhere yeah. in a normal week but I, I would plan to have my day my main full day at home being on a Thursday when Jessie would be at nursery so Hannah and Michael would be pottering about but she'd be off doing whatever as well so you know for a lot yeah. of that day I'm at home but I'm by myself and I'm not pestering yeah. anyone whereas I think just you know the reality of okay you, you can't take your children to a, a play group you know the kids are just at home everyone's just at home you are the the top. yeah it's like, and by that you know by the end of like a week Hannah was just like going mad and I was just like I'd love to help but also I've got my job <laughs> so yeah yeah you know so yeah in, in some ways it was it's, it's funny really you know being Again, I, I, I do feel incredibly um, blessed and privileged to be in this position, like being furloughed. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, it's it's stressful, it's frustrating, but, I, you know, I'm frustrated that the entire world is in chaos. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd love to be doing my job. I'd love for everything, but, you know, it is, it is a privilege to be in a position where we are, you know, not losing our home and everything because mm. because of this so i feel very very grateful for that okay. and then you know again the opportunity to spend time with the boys more when they're young jesse is meant to start school in september sure yeah. that rem that remains to be seen <laughs> you know you know according to the plan he you know reception are meant to be back aren't they so we'll see how it goes um yeah 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 He's super pumped about that. Oh, good. Um, yeah, and you know, I, we haven't really said. Well, maybe you won't go because yeah, not especially helpful for a four-year-old. Probably not. I mean, I imagine when you're four, it's difficult, you know, <coughs> thinking that far ahead. Really, yeah, like, yeah. Is, is your worldview like? Does yeah. It, you know, weeks feel like a long time. I imagine. Yeah, so. I mean, he's he's still in the the season where everything that happened at any point previously was last year yeah, so, if, yeah. so if it was yesterday I remember we did this last year it's like well it wasn't so much last year as it was yesterday <laughs> but um <laughs> and Micah is a year and a half and he yeah it's, it's just yeah really privileged to spend time with them to extra time to read um I like running and been doing quite a lot of running I really went hard for it in April oh yeah yeah I did 200 how's what's your running what's your running like at the minute Oh, I'm, I, so this is the other immense privilege. So I had a sabbatical with work, which is, that's part of the, the charity. I've worked for them. I'm, it's my eighth year. And when you've worked for five years, you, you, you're, you know, I don't think entitled is the right word, but you know, you've got an option of taking yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I had a sabbatical last year and I, I did lots of running then and I really upped my speed pretty well and distance and so on. Um, but then sort of as going back into work inevitably wasn't running as much as I was when I you know wasn't doing my full-time job normally uh, but now that I've been furloughed <laughs> I'm running quite a lot again I just do some interval running today which is the sort of thing when you do it you're like do I is this fun like it's it's like a category two fun isn't it where this is fun afterwards it's like you do feel great afterwards like you feel properly great I am I'm not as hardcore as you with the running yeah. uh, I know that but yeah I've never never enjoyed it do you not feel brilliant afterwards like, I honestly think don't take cocaine run because you just feel amazing I rarely feel <laughs> I feel a sense of accomplishment yeah but not joy do you not feel um, like endorphins flooding through your body no i never get the endorphins do you not feel like literally invincible no i feel pain broken uh tired and where's my treat that i promised myself afterwards for going out and running how <laughs> which how, is probably part of the problem how frequently do you go out uh well right now i'm uh i'm very much baby steps and to get back in, into it i i had an injury in October last year, uh, I went over on my ankle uh, playing okay. badminton, no less. Oh, um, I remember that story. Have you said that story on the podcast? I might have done. I can't remember what I've you said on the podcast. Tell the story. Maybe not. Right. Uh, I'm sure I did. I'm sure I talked about running, but for, I, I mean, to recap, <laughs> I uh, 
I was going for a shot in badminton and I I leapt up dramatically, much more dramatically than you need to do when you're playing with the sort of, you, you know, it's not competitive. We played a church hall with some nice little old ladies and things. So, um, yeah, I, I reached up, I landed on my ankle, uh, went right over on that, collapsed like a sack of potatoes, landed on my elbow, which fractured, we found out later. Um, but yeah, the ankle was was done in and one of the littlest and oldest lady who didn't have work in the morning uh, had to take me to A&E, which was a, a, a chore, uh, which was not, well, no, I mean, I was glad, but for her, it must have been dreadful, but bless her, she she did not complain. Um, but yeah, um, so that was in October and I've only yeah. really, I mean, I, I, again, I just left it for until about after Christmas, I think after Christmas is like, right, if it's still hurting after Christmas, you need to see doctors and things. So I uh, had some physio. This is my uh, oh, mate, look at you. resistance band thing. Oh, that I've an had. absolute dream. I know. Um, so I'm only just really starting. So I'm, I've been going two or three times a week. Mm. And only like, I think I did four miles for the first time last week at some mate, point. That's, 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 that's good. That's good. How long have you been doing that for? Oh, like... Um, only the, literally the last two, three weeks, really. Um, I think with running, you've basically got, there's a period before where you feel like you're dying. Yeah. And, and it's not fun. Mm. And there's that period. You just need to persevere because when you get through that, I feel like I'm dying stage. Yeah. You do get to a, once you build oh, your fitness. It's absolutely shocking. I mean, I, I went for a couple of test runs, like, I don't know, like six weeks after I'd done the injury and things. And I could tell that my ankle you know, wasn't healed. Like, it didn't actively hurt unless I took, like, a bad step or something. But, um... Unless you hit yeah, it. I, yeah, like, going off a... Yeah, unless I, like, got it run over by an articulated log. <laughs> really, yeah. But, um... <laughs> but I can tell it wasn't fixed. But now, on a go, I can tell my... Mm. You know, I can tell I'm uh, healed and stuff. But my fitness is it's just shocking how, how awful it is. Like, you know... Mate, um, you, you need to join Joe Wicks. <laughs> Honestly, it, is, it is like i genuinely yeah i'm i'm gonna try and incorporate some sort of cardio thing beyond this i think just yeah i i mean i yeah i mean i, I was expect... running before the before the injury i was running pretty much at like the peak of what i'd been able to do mm. i was going out uh three or four times a week and doing like six miles i wouldn't bother doing less than six miles in, in uh, each of those runs yeah oh mate that's that is that a was, solid effort that was a solid i was that's, I wanted, that's, that is solid running man i want it to be like half marathon ready as kind of like a default position yeah. um you so need, yeah you need to be able to run a half marathon at a drop of a hat i, I yeah, think pretty, that's that's pretty that's, much that's, like if someone told jack uh emergency uh, we need a half marathon person tomorrow. Quick. Can you do it? I, I wanted to be able to say yes. Um, Let me get my energy gels. I'll be there. Didn't come up. Didn't come up. I mean, and the pace was all right. I, I, my pace has never been amazing. It was um, uh, somewhere between eight and nine minute miling. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, in terms of fitness, I was probably at about my <laughs> probably the fittest I've ever been. Uh, but now after goodness knows how many months of just not running and I, i've still played the badminton like you don't need to move around too fast and i, I don't know it, you can think a bit more like running isn't really tactical like if you're badminton you can think i'm not going to bolt over to try and not get that shot but or whatever yeah. so that's fine but but yeah I, I and i think in lockdown as well i feel like i don't know i've seen a lot of people saying that diet has gone his shot. <laughs> just oh man, it's so it's, it's I oh tell me about it. Like this, it's like the most interesting thing to do, isn't it? So I like, um, don't really need food, but I have got biscuits yeah. and crisps, and I could eat them. Like, yeah, I don't, <laughs> well, I I start work. I mean, for me, I guess I start work at nine. I get yeah. up at seven. Like that's uh, I can have two a hours to every single strong. day. Very strong. Very I, I don't, strong. but um, you know, but you it, could, it, and that's the, the point. Um, yeah. I've got a little bit off track there, but I was going to say, have. like, so yeah. from so from the two weeks working at home to going on to the furlough, yeah. like, was that like a how much of a shock to the system was that? Just sort of, I'm not working. I don't know, or was it yeah. not? It is, it you... is a 
it is a bit I, I like doing things and I, I think probably it was really exacerbated of course by the stay at home order so yeah yeah and I think that's I think partly so the job that I do is has seasons of high intensity and seasons where it's a bit more restful I assume it goes quiet in the summer when universities are yeah so I mean but particularly so the the term that we just finished anyway is is a very intense one so uni start back january and lots of christian unions will run uh, an events week of, uh, during that term at some point yeah yeah so lots of lots of things happening um you know i speak at some of that sometimes and it is it, it's very exciting there's lots going on you you know you're working crazy hours not all the time but you have some really intense moments and at the halfway through that term, the, the societies hand over their leadership and we run regional training. So I run a regional training conference. We've done it in York for the last few years, have something like between 150 to like 180 students come to that. And that is as difficult a logistical nightmare as you might think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's really exciting, but there's lots, lots, lots. You really go, go, go. And then normally at Easter, we have a big national conference that our um, charity helps to run called Word Alive. So you've, you're sort of having a bit of an Easter rest, but you're gearing up for that. So there's lots of, you know, it's quite an intense thing. And I plan to take time where you rest and so on, but it's it's very much, uh, I'm just going to take time to chill and it's, you know, maybe have a week at home and then a week where you go somewhere else, that sort of thing. Sure. Um, to properly decompress but it's I, yeah i did find it very tough to decompress when you're like everything else around you is like become this huge pressure cooker of coronavirus 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 mm. so um yeah i i yeah i that in part so I, I like running because it gives you the chance to just go and and switch off the brain so, space yeah i mean i tend to listen to stuff but i i do find well, I have stuff on my earphones, but I do just sort of find it, it just gives you the, the, the space to process. So, do you I enjoy do music or podcasts with uh, with your running? Well, Jack, let me tell you. If, I want to know. This is if I'm just like. chilling. If I'm just chilling, I'm just like, hey, do you know what? I don't really mind. Um, I do podcast. Yeah. Because then you're like, oh, that's interesting. Or, or of course, audio book. So oh, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. fully binged through um, the Dark Materials, the Philip Pullman. Oh, right, yeah. Which I know they're the kids' new ones or the old ones. The old ones, the or originals. Both. I've not got the I've not got any of the new ones, but I'd quite like to get them. Mm. But like a podcast. But then if I'm doing something like, okay, I really want to be fast. That's yeah. a that's a music one. So for my intervals today, music. Sure. Um, I yeah, that's the if you're really trying to push it, because then I you know something fast paced, you know some yeah 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 pounding beats. No, I absolutely find the same thing. I, I tend almost always to listen to podcasts because I find um, I find it keeps my pace more regular. So yeah. whereas if I'm listening to a, you know, songs at different tempos, my pace will match the tempo of the yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I should probably curate my um, my list a bit better. But um, but yeah, obviously when yeah when you want to inject a bit of pace, I've always done that. I think with when I've done half marathons and marathons and things, having a I'd queue up podcasts, but then have a, a couple of songs in between each one to uh, inject a bit of pace where necessary. But um, oh, that's a, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, a, and it's a strong yeah, effort. A bit more of a, a psychological pick pick me up as well, I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think curating a, a playlist for a marathon—that's yeah. So when like competitive races that I've done, I, I don't listen to. I wouldn't have earphones on because no. it's not absorbing the. Yeah, I think I guess for a marathon it's just quite long, isn't it? It's too long, really. It's, <laughs> it's not nonsense. Who decided this? I did. I did my longest run ever. So I had the furthest I've ever run is fifteen miles. And like, yeah. when I was doing so, like doing all this run, I was like, maybe I should, maybe I should do a marathon. Maybe that's what I should do. You on should definitely do a marathon. I should, well, 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 so I was thinking this, and then I got, then I got to like mile. I got to like the half marathon, you know, 13.1 miles. I've got my running watch and that, and I look at that and think, oh, I've still got like two miles left to go sort of thing. I was like, I don't, I don't want to run another two miles. And it gets to 15 miles and I'm just absolutely shattered. And I was like, huh. 
like a marathon is a whole 11 miles more yeah. than this I just I don't really want to do that so I think I'm, I'm going to try and bring my half marathon time down that's my aim that's probably more reasonable I would suggest um the thing that I found toughest was just the sheer amount of hours you do training oh man and I think having two young kids, it's yeah, probably a bit yeah. unfair. Um, well, and, I mean, yeah, when no, they're a bit older, I'm sure. But um, yeah. oh, we'd spoken about it and we've sort of already agreed that while we have kids under five, it just seems a bit unrealistic. Because yeah. so. it literally is just hours and yeah, hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's grim. Um, <laughs> don't bother. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so is there any sort of sign of when you... Uh, we'll go back to work is, is that just wait and see or is that well, very so much dependent on the unis or well it's we were furloughed till june but then when um rishi sunak the chancellor extended the sort of furlough season with we, we had it extended uh, yesterday wasn't it well he did the big four month thing but i think prior to uh, that he, he'd done it to july oh okay. so, so we're so now i'm furloughed to july it's funny was that you mentioned about it with your colleague at like you just so as part of the furlough scheme we check our emails once a week yeah and you know we send each other stupid videos yeah. <laughs> on our whatsapp on you know the whatsapp group. but like that's it. it's like the director like he, he like can't tell he, you he, he can't yeah so like I, I know things are happening and you know that they, they are doing things but in terms of the actual what it's going to look like I'll find out when I get called back to work. So, you know, I, I really am, I'm really hopeful. I really want to start work on the 1st of July. I'm really yeah, hopeful. Yeah. But I guess, you know, that, um, it's funny with the government's plan. I mean, I increasingly, well, I guess it's so, so half of this, I've, you know, I'm incredibly blessed and feeling really positive. The other side, I feel this sort of the whole lockdown and how we navigate it through is where I feel obviously this is where it's much more difficult, much more frustrating. Mm. I, I sort of think for, I mean, I, I, anyone who wants to be the leader of a country, I think like fair play to you, mate, you, you're only going to get a stick. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. you would never, but you know, and I also think, you know, regardless of people's political persuasion, I think this is just, one incredibly difficult thing to navigate mm. and i you know hat off to them for, for, for doing stuff of course they've got stuff wrong but i i don't think in in any scenario it's more what are you going to get wrong rather than are you going to get things wrong yeah I, I, think know, so. I think you know obviously i'm personally benefiting from being in in the furloughed situation and i think the the speed with i know they got some flack for telling people to shut their things and then re- announcing the furlough. But yeah, yeah, I don't know if you've listened to the coronavirus news podcast, which is an, another smaller podcast than yours. Um, <laughs> but I was, you know, they were sort of saying, the BBC one. Yeah. Some, some organization. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they were saying that the speed with which those, um, that package of stuff was, was brought out. is just, you look at other budgets it's just extraordinary like rushy sunak's been chancellor i think was like 12 weeks like from today like hat off to you like i think they've they've done some very serious oh absolutely i mean i think uh the word unprecedented is used (laughs) so frequently these days it's unprecedented but um yeah in terms of like the economic response that he's had to spearhead uh, and again, uh, you are right. There's obviously stuff that's could have been done differently or quicker or, or whatever. But it is very impressive that like the largest age package of financial support that this country has ever seen yeah. has been sort of rushed through in the speed that it has. And mm. uh, I, th- I mean, I think it's in terms of like people on PAYE or whatever, um, that seems. I mean, I, I think it was all all right. I mean, obviously it took a little while thereafter to get the self-employed package yeah, of support yeah, sorted yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, it'd be great if both of those things could be done at once, but you know, like yeah. it's difficult. Obviously it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't know an awful lot about Rishi Sunak before he was appointed to office, mm. but, and obviously we've got no one to compare because it's, it's got incredible hair though, hasn't he? 
I mean, yeah, he I mean, has not got a lockdown haircut. He's about, about 22 or something. Like, I think he, he's, he's 40. He his degree. He's, he's 40. 40, yeah. I need to find out what his skincare no. regime is. Oh, well, I mean, you know, fantastic hair. What a, you know, to be Rishi Sunak. Sound like a middle-aged woman. Um, I, well, I, the flip of all good. that, I, I, don't know, I don't know what you think. I, something had to be done. I, I don't feel confident that I was pleased when Boris Johnson was talking about the social distancing and trying to do the whole herd immunity thing I thought that the similar to Sweden I thought that seemed you know increase the capacity of the NHS manage it prevent prevent it but essentially it seemed to be from the start they were saying hey Lauren and I say sup Please, no, she's gone. Um, so, I guess the, the whole thing about increasing the capacity of the NHS so that we we've expanded our resource, but the reality that this is just a, a storm we need to weather. It it feels like the longer lockdown goes on, the more difficult it's going to be to release from it, and that just feels like I know something had to be done, but I feel less sure that the degree to which they've done the lockdown is the right course of action. I think, you know, it remains to be seen, doesn't it? You know, I, I don't know if you've seen much about the, the, the method of Sweden. Of... Well, I've chatted to um, Nils, our Swedish friend. Of course, Swedish correspondent for the podcast. Swedish correspondent. I don't think he's, well, we've, not, we've not recorded anything uh, with him. Uh, maybe I should. Um, he's... Yeah, he's got very mixed feelings about his own okay. country's approach. Um, in some ways, there's aspects of it that work well. In other ways, compared to uh, Denmark and Finland, I think they've got a lot more people um, either dying or contracting the disease or both. Um, and yeah, he's, I mean, he's trying himself to be more cautious than the official advice gives um i mean i i imagine that's yeah it's i mean partly that's he is more cautious around that kind of thing he doesn't have a cavalier attitude to this sort of stuff um but yeah i i don't think he's totally on board with that i mean in total in terms of the um i mean i spoke about this um about johnson's um minor loosening of the lockdown or whatever it is um the other day mm. i mean personally i i think i don't know i it's difficult isn't it because I, I i don't know what you see on the streets and stuff but um for me it seems like people are sort of you know they've got bored a bit of the lockdown and people are a lot less observant in the last couple of weeks than they were in the preceding few weeks so i think mm. you need to sort of address that however personally i I don't think there's like enough really has changed in like more people are out there with the disease now than when we started lockdown. So there's not really been any change there. I would feel more comfortable, you know, they're trialing this um, track and trace app in the Isle yeah. of Wight. Like yeah. I would feel like once that's sort of ready to go, I would feel more confident about making loosening restrictions. But, mm. you know, obviously we have no idea how long that would be. Mm. Um, it's just, it's just difficult isn't it because like yeah. it's you, you make one decision you make another decision the you know it's not like we're talking about oh you know a company goes bust we're kind of talking about people go die, die and things yeah. i mean we are talking I about guess, companies but, going I, bust as well but like yeah i mean i guess I, mean, I i do feel worried about i do i think it's a false dichotomy to say oh it's lives or economy because i think the economy represents like that that is built on that that represents people's lives doesn't it like people like being able to buy food at the shop mm. is is like if they can do that they will live if they can't do that there's serious issues if they can pay their gas bill if they can i i feel i do feel i know I, a privileged position to be on you know receiving the furlough scheme but you know we're going to be paying that off till we're dead yeah. <laughs> like something like all of this to get like i i don't I, I think, you know, it remains to be seen the effect that the lockdown has in terms of, I think, obviously, people die of COVID, obviously, 
and that is a tragedy and i don't think anybody is not saying that but i think what what is the what the impact some mental health for example that's been raised um you know we were at university when the first the first the most recent financial crash happened and i remember at the time talking about you know we are in a good position because we're in we're in education there's space for the jobs market to recover and hopefully by the time we graduate and so on and i think we've all to some degree you know i think students since then have graduated with an increasing fear and much less certain of getting a job that they they've trained for and i i do worry that at some point the effect of this is going to come due isn't it we're going to see i i don't think it's realistic you know rishi sunak himself has said he can't save every business even with this i think we're likely to see massive unemployment and what do those what is the impact then because that's when okay i'm unemployed i've lost my job and also so have another million odd folks and everyone's looking for a job and no one can get a job and that i think we're not experiencing that right now but that is a that will be a reality and i guess that's the longer the longer people aren't able to get back in to to work to to kick fire kickstart economic stuff again the more that the, the deeper that one will be and i i yeah yeah i, I, mean, I don't say i mean my my economics understanding is very limited and things but i do i think one thing that is a factor or should be a factor or i don't understand why it's not a factor if it isn't but like it's obviously this is this is truly global like there's pretty much every certainly in the west every country on earth has has been affected by it mm. um so we're all going to be facing those issues you'd think you know if everyone is in an economic recession and everyone you know there's a sort of a i don't know market market zero let's start again everyone we're all in a similar starting point which is obviously impossible and very simplistic but you just think i don't know um because you know things like quantitative easing and things like the aid packages and things like mm. just you know i i it as I'm making abundantly clear, I don't, <laughs> I don't really know how yeah, the economy yeah. works, but it just just seemed to be, I don't know. I, I feel like, like I think in the news today, it was like the old Vic, the theatre in the big old celebrated famous theatre in mm-hmm. London, may not survive this. And it's like, well, yeah, that's sad. And no one wants to see theatres go out of business, but like they might do. I mean, they could have, you know, is that... I, I guess I, I think... ...the willing to make for... But behind that is behind that is it's all it's all about people, isn't it? And so it's not it's not just that a theatre in the abstract has has gone under. It's mm-hmm. that okay that that accounts for people's jobs. That's that's people who are not being furloughed. That's people who are right now today unemployed, who mm-hmm. are paying for mortgages, who are supporting children. Who so you've got the financial implication. You've got the the, the mental health impact. The the, the stress and anxiety which again that goes on that that affects you know people yeah. themselves so I, I you know i really i don't mean to be glib at all but that sense of i i do i do think it's a false dichotomy to say oh well they just need to live with that because i think it, at some point yeah there's a when, cumulative effect yeah. to all of this isn't there yeah i mean suffice to say i'm glad i don't have to make these decisions yes <laughs> yeah yeah agreed i think well, i mean that's that's definitely one thing that i am abundantly grateful for i, I wonder um, what boris johnson thinks like you know has wanted to be prime minister his entire life oh and well the, absolutely the minute, the minute he wins his um it's like the monkey's paw isn't it it's <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah. yeah it's i i i would love to spend an hour in his head or a fly on the wall or whatever just it's fascinating how these decisions get made and why mm. these people make decisions and the reason behind the reasons and all these things I, I'd, mm. I'd be very interested to learn that and if his thinking has changed since he has um been in and out of hospital mm. with it, it would be interesting mm. um i was going to ask you sort of that's vaguely tangentially related but your your dad was um indeed went to hospital didn't he what was yeah. that like it <sighs> quick 
would be yeah. the first thing I would say. So he he was sick, and you know everybody thought it was COVID. Yeah, hadn't been tested at that point. I was talking to him every day, and he was he'd been ill for about eight days, maybe something like a week, maybe just a bit. I can't remember. Is this been... April time, was it? Or yeah, I think so. Yeah, and he he'd been unwell, but and I thought mm, this this isn't good. So I was, I was in touch with him frequently and the day that he went into hospital was a Thursday. So I spoke to him in the morning and he said, oh, you know, still recovering, but actually, you know, actually feeling a bit better today. I personally thought he sounded a bit better <laughs> for what it's worth. Right, yeah. Anyway, roll on 12 hours and I've got a voicemail from my stepmom saying dad's been taken to hospital in ambulance. So I texted him a bit and anyway, was in touch with her through the night. And I spoke to him the following morning and he just like the change was incredible. Really? So he could barely speak. Like he just could barely wow. breathe. I, I it was I was just like, oh my goodness, is he gonna die? Was yeah. my first thought. Um so I think I probably spent that day just in in a bit of shock, you know, calling my mm. other siblings, um, just saying, Hey, I strongly recommend you give that a call. Oh, <laughs> oh just, God, that can't have been yeah. an easy yeah, just think, to make. Yeah, it's like, yeah, so that, um, about the end of the day, I, I, I know, to some degree, you feel like you come to terms with it. It, it, you know you're, you're processing you've got more time to process it through not come to terms with, oh, my dad's dead, dying, whatever. But, um, yeah, that was, it was just surreal. Because yeah. you know, having spoken to him, and he, he was unwell, but he didn't sound like he was dying. And then talked to him the following day, and, and he can barely breathe. Mm. So he was at Scarborough Hospital. Um, wonderfully low. It, all it took was sitting him in a bed, oxygen mask. I gave him IV antibiotics. I can't remember why. Mm. Um, and he, I spoke to him the following day, and he sounded loads better. Like still struggling for breath, but considerably better. Sure. And they sort of put him through the system, and eventually he he came out. I think it was the Monday or the Tuesday afterwards. My brother <laughs> went and went to collect him, sort of dressed head to toe in PPE. You know, I think it erected some sort of screen. I maybe I'm making that up, but you know, like it was like I think I, fully yeah. fully disinfected the car afterwards. But you know, he got home and um, yes, yeah, so it was just it was very surreal. And that, I, was he sorry? Was he in intensive care? Just for clarify, no, was he on no. The so he, he went into sort of a, a, a an admissions ward, which was yeah. like COVID admissions ward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was on a he was on a I think like some sort of like a high dependency one, but it wasn't um it wasn't intensive care. So he never had to be intubated and fully yeah. you know ventilated. Yeah. It was so like, just you know, a mask rather than yeah, or like the nose thing that oh, know, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. if you can imagine that so that was it and then i think by monday like a day before he left i think the doctors got him off the oxygen but you know it, it was you know surprising I, essentially it, he just needed that extra he had very low oxygen levels in his blood and yeah. his lungs liquid on them i think from the covid sort of starting mm. like pneumonia type stuff but they just yeah that that it's, it's funny, isn't it? Like all of this medicine essentially just needed a mask and some air. And yeah. Was, so, and that, that funnily was actually quite encouraging because I I thought, oh, that does that equal ventilator? Like, because I, I, you know, you're doing this research. Oh, well, if someone's on a ventilator, it's essentially, I think it's like 50-50. Yeah. Like it's, it's really like crumbs, they really might die. But actually he wasn't. So, and um, yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. It was How's he doing now? How's his yeah? He's, he's increasingly doing charged. better. I, I think it is. It is the sort of thing. I mean, as you know, if you watched the Boris Johnson's addresses from when he came out, you know, shortness of breath still. Yeah. Um, but he's got lots better. I think you know we're still a couple of weeks after still finding exercise to be. You know, you can do so much, but needing to rest more. But he's. He's he's doing well. He's 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 you know a, a builder, so he's he's not doing much work at the minute anyway because yeah. he's not do. But that's quite good because that means he's got the space to properly rest and cover. Yeah, recoup. I mean, you know, he sounds a lot. He's, he's a pretty chipper person anyway, and a bit cheeky, let's say. So he uh, 
So he, he's it, a lot more back to himself, which is a great relief. But it is, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Like that, that sort of, oh goodness, am I going to be, is my dad going to die? That's a, yeah. We all, you know, if we have the, you know, the privilege of being brought up with a relationship with our parents, you know, at some point we go through it, don't we? And I just don't come to, I hope that's not today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, it's not something I dwell on an awful lot, but, uh, you know, I am at an age where sort of aware that at some point parents mm. will will pass away and that is something that I have to deal with when it comes just mm. possibly expecting it to be a little further off than than just yet but yeah it must be pretty scary to have to start asking those questions a bit more seriously I suppose yeah yeah it is um but I yeah you know I'm being a Christian I I very much, you know, my dad would call himself Christian. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think that that really, I don't, I don't fear, I don't personally fear death. No. I don't, I don't want, I don't like the idea of any sort of physical, physically dying. You know, I'm not, no, I no. can't say I'm especially enamoured with any of that. Uh, but I, I feel at peace with that and you know so the, uh, that night i text him psalm 23 which is a very famous psalm yeah. about having peace and actually when i listened to your on your one about um your panic attack and saying about turning to poetry i thought well jack well you know lots, <laughs> lots of people do it um so i have Not very much but very much you know i'm on board with with that but um and you know that was that felt quite special and sort of bonding in a way um yeah. i I, I, at the time, the big thing I saw, I really, like, if he's dying, like, sod the lockdown, I'm driving to Scarborough Hospital and I'm going to go in the, I don't, like, that was the thing I just thought, I don't, I don't like the idea of him dying alone or yeah. not, not being able to see him. And. Well, I mean, but, I don't think anyone but, would blame you for that. Yeah. But, yeah. You, I've, read some, I've read some, yeah, really, really sad testimonies of people yeah. that have had to say goodbye to people on FaceTime at best and then yeah. nothing yeah. afterwards yeah. and and the funerals uh oh there was a there was a kid that died in um in Brixton which is uh, where I work he was yeah. like 13 or something and that was just so sad and then yeah. like a few days later it spoke of his funeral where five people were allowed to be there and it was just yeah. it was just heart-wrenching really yeah but, yeah, um, yeah yeah it's uh it's uh not nice it's horrible really just mm. this just the whole obviously yeah people dying is is awful but the fact that you know there's so many of the customs and rituals that we have around death which are mm. all about you know making peace of it just just aren't mm. options mm. it's just that's a really nasty little sting in the tail really with this whole mm. situation mm. sorry yeah it's, well i'm really glad that your dad's well much better. yeah that is, of course um, yeah 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 and, um, and your, your stepmom, well, I mean, what, she, she was was she worried that she might have caught well, she, she had it. Had it. So, so he was he, taken, well. he was taken to hospital in an ambulance. And they tested him and he tested positive. They tested um, her as well, and she test she had had it, but she'd recovered. Right. Yeah. Which I I won't say anything else, but I was surprised. Right. Okay. Like neither neither of them are in brilliant health. Like sure. they, they do both have ongoing health issues and would certainly be in the category of the, yeah well or higher risk not not you know not shielding but certainly higher risk and i was yeah, yeah. perplexed you know she's older than him she's a bit older you know more serious issues and i guess you know they have said that it that men are particularly, I know that, yeah, uh, yeah. that with some ethnicities, but also just generally men, yeah, 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 susceptible for whatever reason. And so maybe it's down to that, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, so in, in some way, actually, it was quite an encouraging thing to go through, like concerning, but actually, the fact that he came out the other side, the fact that he's thinking, you know what, he just needed rest, the yeah. oxygen, and that did a wonder. and uh you know my stepmom got it and she felt rubbish yeah covered without hospital thing and actually that's just that so, was a yeah it's just weird how arbitrary like some people 
you know, can have it and barely not even know that they have. And some people go to hospital and some people yeah. go to intensive care and some people die. It's just, it's just seems so not random, I, I suspect, but like just, you know, I don't know. Well, I guess it, it maybe it is yeah, like a, a roll of the dice on how it's going to affect you really. But mm. yeah, it's Cause uh, even within the vulnerable sort of like, yeah. old, like older people, I think it's a statistic, like I think even then, it's only like a one in five chance that you would die, which is obviously yeah. like 20, 20%. Like, yeah, I d- nobody wants to die. No. But but still, that is actually still surprisingly low, isn't it? Um, well, I think this is this is something I keep telling myself, actually. Like, you know, um, obviously, it, it, it's a bit callous in a way to reduce everything to stats because, um, you know, each person that has died is an individual with a family. Oh, absolutely. But I do sort of tell myself, look, it's a tiny 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 fraction of the population that's actually contracted it it's an even tiniest slice of them that have had to go into hospital mm. and it's an even smaller slice of them that are very very serious mm. and a, mm. and a reducing fraction then that have died so you know in terms of the odds it's it's very small and very slight and obviously that's different if you've got underlying conditions and long-term health uh, things as well but in terms of just me you know on my run out uh, you know my ex- daily exercise or I walk yeah. to the post box I yeah. just think yeah you know your chat your odds are probably all right yeah 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 <laughs> I, I, yeah I, I take I, I don't I don't wish to be blase and I certainly don't want to use my lack of personal fear to you know I, I you know if, if people are concerned you know I, you know I socially didn't do all that but I, I'm not personally I don't personally feel worried for myself mm. I, I, the biggest bother that i would have is i don't want to be a spreader no, um, no. you know and well, you know, so my, my like, mum works yeah. in a hospice and you think you know i you just you know obviously we haven't seen everything the thought of like my biggest concern would be one lockdown is is lifted to some degree go and see her and you know she goes and works with vulnerable people and to be involved in that sort of chain of things i would really not want to i wouldn't want to do that because that's just that would be tragic but no, I, I think. How is uh, how is she finding? Um, in, has she has that been affected much in the hospice I, or they, not really? They, or? She's. I know obviously PPE's been you know that was the the name of the game for a little while, wasn't it? She sent mm. loads of photos of her with a sort of. <laughs> Great. I just think the poor patients, like goodness me, when you nursing and palliative care is about relationship, it, it yeah. and. and my mum is a nurse because she really cares for people yeah and she goes well beyond what she she doesn't do it because of the money if you know what i mean obviously she needs a job but she does it because she cares about people yeah. she, she, she i'm does, sure you could make a yeah. lot more money doing a lot less stressful things i'm, I'm sure you could and, and i just think oh i you know I, I think i think everyone finds it tough i'm you know i have immense respect for these people because I feel sorry for the patients. Like, okay, let me do all this stuff dressed like I, you know, some sort of crazy monster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, someone got. I, I don't think they were arrested, but I think they were cautioned by the police because they were going round. Uh, I presume for a, you know a bit of a laugh, uh, in a like a plague doctor outfit. Uh, but you have to think like that was the PPE of the middle ages, <laughs> basically. So I don't know. Is the spectre of a nurse in like a full plastic shield and gloves and stuff yeah. going to be some horrible symbol in a few hundred years or something? I don't know. <laughs> about that. Yeah, but it must be really freaky when, particularly, I don't know if you if you are in palliative care or in a care home and you're used to people, you know, you've got an actual ongoing relationship with the people that look after you. For them to suddenly start turning up like Darth Vader is, uh, yeah. it, it must be pretty yeah. disconcerting. I think she's coping okay though. I think she's she's been there for a while. She you know got knows the team, knows her colleagues, and I, I think that must be that must be very helpful for people. You know, get, yeah. you're not going through it by yourself. I guess that's the difficulty for it's a different kind, but the, you know for folks working from home and all, so on, that's like you you are more isolated. Where at least that's a silver lining. I've got yeah. other friends who were working in hospitals in Leeds, and yeah, I mean. It, it, I think the hospital side of it sounds a lot more chaotic mm. than a than a hospice. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. Well, Ed, 
I think uh, I think we should wrap this up a little bit. Um, we set the world to rights. We have set the world to rights. What's your What's on your to do list for tomorrow? Uh, well, Hannah and I are going to watch the rise of Skywalker. That's the, that's the name of the last one, isn't it? The last. The, yeah. yeah. She's not seen it yet, so Disney Plusing that tomorrow night. Have you seen it? I have seen it. Saw it in the cinema, brother. Come on. All right. I'm glad. I'm I, glad to hear. I, it. You know, people that don't like Star Wars are wrong. Like, but your your but Han didn't go to the cinema. I mean, well, we're in the we're in the position of you know young kids, and one of us had to go, and she gallantly uh, <laughs> gallantly made it available for me. Yeah. I don't I don't think she was that bothered at the time. But she does want to, <laughs> she she does want to see it now. That's um, fair. It was her Did Star Wars? Is is he? Have you introduced him? Or? We haven't. No, I think I think they will be a bit too long for him in a minute. He is mega into Maddie. How does it work on BBC iPlayer? This is news to me. I don't, what's this? So it's a girl called Maddie, or a girl, a woman called Maddie, who yeah. actually, so I just want to know about how Weetabix was made. So I was both intrigued oh. and you know, obviously, you know. Did she go to factories? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it was very impressive. All right. Very I like helpful. that stuff. Like, well, I mean, it is, it is geared at children, so just bear that in mind. Um, but no, but he, he would believe anything she says, so I'm sort of <laughs> slightly unnerved about that. I mean, at the moment, she doesn't seem to be lying to him, although we did have a conversation about bikes, and he was telling me that Maddie tells me there's a there's a chain on the front wheel of a bike, and I was like, there are not chains on the front wheel of a bike. He's like, oh, well, Maddie told me. And I'm like, well, either Maddie's lying or you're misremembering, but they are the two options, and he was adamant. So um, that's more his bag than Star Wars at the minute. Fair dues, fair dues. I mean, um, to be fair, I, I mean, I, I sometimes watch um, factory production line things on YouTube just for a chill out. I find it quite soothing. Um. <laughs> I, I do think, I mean, well, we're, we're probably have strayed into being boring when we got stuck on running. But I do, I think those sorts of things are mega impressive. So when I was a postman, I just very frequently felt really just enthusiastic about my job because i was like wow like i think the postal service is like genuinely brilliant mm. like isn't it amazing you, oh yeah yeah like i just think they sort of like you know you put this like you know i'm watching the weetabix thing i can't eat it but um and i'm and i'm nervous about holding it but hey now i know how it's made yeah for the listeners um, watch the uh watch help. the Vianetta one it's watch great the <laughs> It's it's a marvel. I sometimes really? get. I definitely will watch that. I I sometimes get I don't know stuck in a bit of a reverie, like I can't. I think I was waiting for a bus. This is weeks and weeks ago, but I was waiting for a bus, and the the bus stop was opposite a Tesco Metro, and I was looking at his Tesco Metro, and I was looking at the illuminated letters, the T E S C O. That's how you spell Tesco. And I was like looking at the T. I was like somewhere. There is a factory that turns metal and plastic into this tea. Mm. Like that has to be taken out of the earth, smelted or whatever, formed into this tea. There's probably thousands and thousands that are made and then shipped to this location and then affixed to that wall. And it's just like, oh my goodness, the scale of industry is yeah. mind boggling. Uh, and just and then the bus arrived, it's like the bolts on the tires <laughs> of the <laughs> What made them? And I had to stop, otherwise I, would, I was going to lose down, myself in a blast of the mind. Yeah, and yeah. stop thinking about how everything is made and, uh, and stuff. Well, but I yeah, sorry. I think that, I think that you know, to, to hopefully make it a bit more interesting, I think that, that it, you, life is more interesting when you think about that, isn't it? Like, there's... Yeah, I, I just risk being overwhelmed by it. <laughs> like, literally everything around us has been manufactured using methods and technology that even a few short decades ago was probably not even imaginable. Mm. And then I start to worry. Um, <laughs> think about the end times. Um, but Too yeah. Much, uh, hit flask. <laughs> Maybe don't develop a drinking problem. Uh, that's, that's not the solution I'm going to solve it with. Um, but yeah, that <laughs> went a little bit weird at the end there, but that has been a good chat, Ed. Um, thank you for giving up your time this evening. And hey, it's, uh, yeah, it's been a good to chat to you as well. This is my first podcast I've ever been on. I listened to them and finally I'm on the other side. Hey, well, I mean, when you start your one, uh, I'll be happy to guest on that too. Maybe I should start, but I don't think I've got anything to say. 
<laughs> We've just spoke for an hour. So. I know. Well, well, let, well. Let listeners decide. In terms of like a long term, I don't think I don't think it would be good for anyone if I did it. But we'll <laughs> see. We'll see, won't we? We'll see. Um, All right. I'm gonna yeah. hit stop. Cool.